This is The Mudroom, on Common Sense Parenting Classes with Alana Robinson, parenting effectiveness coach and child behavior strategist. Weekly nuggets of developmentally appropriate parenting wisdom to help you parent your toddlers and preschoolers more effectively with less effort. The Mudroom is recorded live on Facebook every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Pacific. Now, here's Alana. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Mudroom, our weekly free and live Uncommon Sense Parenting class. How's everybody holding up? This is rough. <laughs> it's, it's rough. Um, silver lining, though, we have snow. <laughs> so my kids are much happier to be outside now, and it's actually getting kind of warm. It was actually 20 degrees the other day. So fingers crossed we'll be able to open our pool soon. I am much preferring life without snowbanks. But that's really the only update that I have because we're quarantine. So we're just going to jump right in. Uh, before we do, allow me to introduce myself. Hi, I'm Alana Robinson. I'm a parenting coach for parents of toddlers, preschoolers, and kindergartners. I help parents just like you understand why their children are misbehaving and how to fix it without yelling, shaming, or timeouts. I host The Mudroom, which is what this is. I also host the Parenting Posse Facebook group, which is at the moment over 7,000 people strong, and we invite you to join us if you haven't already. I also host Parentability, which is my membership-based group coaching program that guides you through building your child's behavior skills. So one of the hottest topics in the Parenting Posse for obvious reasons is how to deal with aggressive children how to get them to stop hitting you, biting you, throwing things, headbutting, etc. We don't want to get hurt and we don't want our kids to get hurt while they're trying to hurt us. This is also obviously a very emotional topic. When your child is trying to physically harm you or harm someone else, it makes you feel unsafe and it often makes you feel really culpable. You feel like it's your fault that your child thinks hurting people is okay. I have heard that phrase over and over and over. My child thinks that hurting people is okay. And that makes you feel guilty and like you failed them. And it scares you because you don't want your child to be the social reject who hits people. Nobody wants that for their kids. But there are two reasons that children are aggressive. And if we can support our kids in sorting out those two things, then you'll notice a drastic reduction and eventually elimination of their aggressive tendencies. So the two reasons children are aggressive. One, they don't feel safe. And two, they're exhausted. It is one of those two reasons. Both of those reasons result in the same thing. They go into fight or flight. Okay? They don't feel safe. It's their amygdala that perceives danger. And for children, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're in physical or even mental danger. It can be as simple as something is unknown to them, something is unfamiliar to them. Then it puts us into a very highly alert state. And if that perception of danger persists, then we go into fight or flight. The kids who run away, they're in flight. They are physically trying to run away from the danger. <laughs> the kids who hit, bite, headbutt, etc. they're in fight. They're going to claw their way out of this situation. Same thing with exhaustion, only 
different catalyst. If your child is running on low energy, if they don't anticipate getting a break to reset their nervous system soon, their amygdala will go, okay, enough with this thinking crap. That's nice, but it's not necessary to keep us alive. And we're so low on energy right now that we need to preserve it in case we get put in an unsafe situation. It puts the brain into essential services mode. We've talked about this before. Essential services are like eat, sleep, eliminate, and stay safe. So our brain goes into essential services mode. And if you ask your child to do something that isn't encompassed in those four essential services, they go into fight or flight because you're demanding that they use what little energy that they have to keep themselves safe. And again, some kids will run away and some will fight. That means that no matter what, your child is scared when they're aggressive. They feel vulnerable and like the only way to protect themselves is to physically defend themselves. You know, the best offense is a good defense. We need to stop looking at aggressive kids as aggressors and we need to change our lens and start looking at them as defensive. Now, I understand that this can be hard to do. <laughs> One, because you're getting hurt and it is very difficult to be empathetic with someone who is hurting you. I get it. But also because often we feel that they shouldn't be defensive into, in response to whatever demand we've put on them. They should feel safe in whatever situation that they're in. I really, really want to challenge you to stop shooting on kids. When we should on people, we automatically remove our empathy. We place our expectations above their feelings of personal safety, and that's not okay. Should they be able to do this? Should they feel safe? Well, maybe the answer is yes, but they can't and they don't. It doesn't really matter what they should be able to do or how they should feel, they don't. So we need to stop shooting on people and step back and look at what is happening, remove our ego from it, because that will much get us much further, much faster. <laughs> Could it mean that they're afraid of getting in trouble with us as parents? That would be a safety thing, right? I don't feel safe. I'm afraid that I'm going to get attacked, even though it's not an attack, right? They just don't know what's going to happen. Remember I said it just has to be something unfamiliar or unpredictable. They don't know what's going to happen and that's enough to put a child into a feeling of or a lack of safety. So what do we do about it then? <laughs> well, we either figure out why they feel unsafe and fix that or we reduce the demands that we're putting on them so that they're within their ability to meet them. And this can take so many forms. <laughs> Often one of the reasons children are low energy is because they have an unmet sensory need. Like we talked about the other week, they need a break and they don't foresee getting that break or that input that helps them organize information in the near future. In which case, we need to proactively ensure that they're getting breaks. If a child feels unsafe, what exactly is making them feel unsafe? This can be a person, it can be an object, it can be a lack of or an overwhelm of sensory information. It can be a social pressure, like being scared that they're gonna get in trouble. 
what is making each child feel exhausted or unsafe or both at the same time is going to be extremely unique to every single child and every single instance. But it's there. Look for it because it's there without exception. But what about in the moment? <laughs> How can we deal with it when aggression is happening in front of us and we don't have time to be analyzing their energy level or how safe they feel because you're right that's something that has to be done proactively we need to observe try strategies tweak adjust that takes time and when someone is getting hurt that is not the time to do that so in the moment we're going to fall back on the mantra of attention to the victim not the aggressor the aggressor is being aggressive because they want something or someone to get away from them, to stop putting demands on them, to stop making them feel unsafe, right? You don't attack something that you want to come closer to you. <laughs> so take the victim, remove them to a safe space. Rarely, but it does happen that you can't remove the victim and you have to remove the aggressor. But I challenge you to really consider if that's what needs to be done or if that's just because that's what your instinct tells you to do. Taking control of an already escalated child's body is unlikely to make them feel safe and calm down. So if at all possible, first take the victim, remove them to a safe space. Even if that victim is you, you can remove yourself Get them cleaned up if they need it. Make sure they're taken care of and calm and that they feel safe. Afterwards, after that happens, the victim is totally taken care of. You're going to return to your escalated child. Now, generally, removing the victim will remove the threat and therefore automatically give them that space that they need to calm down. But if they aren't calm yet, that's priority number one. Help them regulate help them come back to calm. That might mean that they need you to leave them alone. It might also mean that they need a hug. Every child is going to be different and every situation is going to be different. This is also why often certain parents or certain caregivers are the only one who can approach any one specific child. Often it's because that child feels safest with that caregiver. So once they're calm, then you're going to go into a logical consequence process or an LCP, the full LCP. But you're going to swap or I guess insert empathy between the declarative statement and the problem solving question. Okay, you want to empathize with your child. And I again, I know that can be difficult. So start with a declarative statement. That's generally a great way to start empathy, but you're going to empathize with the child and try to determine what it is that they were trying to accomplish. Were they scared? Did they feel threatened? Was the other child too close? Were they trying to get a toy that they wanted? If they hurt you, were they not able to do what you asked them to do? Were you not listening? Empathize, okay? This isn't the third degree, it's empathy validate their feelings. Again, I know that can be difficult to do, but your child's feelings are valid too. And you're gonna get much further 
much faster <laughs> if they feel like you understand them. Then, do not skip over the collaboration step of the LCP or you're not going to see any results. You need to make sure that you're using all of the steps and the focus of the LCP will be on achieving the goal that they were trying to achieve when they got aggressive. So if while you empathized with them, it comes out that they didn't feel like they could put their shoes on, they were too tired, they were too low energy to get their shoes on. I know I use that example a lot, but it's just one of those things that tends to be steeped in controversy or steeped in big emotions, even though it's fairly simple. The LCP in that instance would be focused on how can we make it easier for you to put your shoes on before we go outside? Remember, you're problem solving here. It doesn't matter if you don't think it's a problem or if they just tried harder or listened better that they could do it. The fact that they got so upset that they got aggressive with you is proof that that is not the case. They had no more energy to try harder. They felt too unsafe to use their listening skills. All those things live up here in the neocortex that is completely disconnected when they go into essential services mode. So focus on how to make it easier for them. That doesn't mean that you've got to do it for them. You can make it easier by providing them with Velcro or slip-on shoes, or maybe you just need to hold the shoe still for them. Something that was driving my three-year-old crazy was that when he would put his foot in the shoe, it would slide away from him while he was putting his foot in. So we just got like a small offcut of wood from my husband's shop and we wrapped it in dollar store felt and I just used the glue gun to stick it there. And now that's up against the baseboard in our entryway. And so he can put his shoe against that and then he pushes his foot in and the shoe doesn't just slide away from him. Problem solved. But I wouldn't have ever figured that out that, that was the problem for him if I hadn't empathized with him and collaborated with him on a solution. Ultimately, though, we need to be focusing on reducing stress and improving those skills. All of this is just a band-aid if we don't go in and solve the root problem, which is that they don't feel safe or they're getting exhausted by using their weak mental tools all the time. You'll find that you're constantly putting out very similar fires and that your child can't generalize solutions from one instance to another if you don't go back and deal with the foundation. So if you're doing everything that I've laid out here and it's just having a very short-term effect and then everything's going back to the way it was, that's your signal that it's time to start focusing more on skill building and stress reduction and critical thinking. And probably a good time to go put your name on the wait list for parentability. So how do you feel about that? Does that sound doable? Do you have a bit more of a plan to manage the aggression moving forward? I know it sounds like a lot and I know it sounds really hard, but you'll find that when you get into it, it's actually fairly easy to follow and it feels so much better than meeting an attack with an attack. So everything comes down to those two things. They're either exhausted, they're either low energy, or they don't feel safe, okay? That's it for today. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you again next week for another Uncommon Sense Parenting class. Bye.
You've been listening to The Mudroom, Uncommon Sense Parenting Classes with Alana Robinson. If you like what you just heard, remember to join us every Tuesday evening at 9 p.m. Eastern and 6 p.m. Pacific on Facebook. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, share, and connect with us on social. This has been an Alana Robinson Family Services production.